Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. Well, welcome to the DLC. I've just finished an amazing set of interviews with Patrick and Christy Ingram. And if you've not listened to any of them yet, go back and listen. You absolutely will not regret it. This series of nine interviews will challenge, encourage, and empower you in your relationships. Be it that you are yet to be married, are newlyweds, or you've been married for 50 years. Doesn't matter. Go back, listen. You're going to enjoy it thoroughly, I know. Now, what I'd like to do today is just give you a summary of the main things that I picked up through this amazing story of restoration. These are the principles and truths that impacted me, and I know many of my listeners. There are 20 life principles that I, as going through the podcast and listening to the different episodes again, and obviously having the privilege to actually interview Patrick and Christy, I gleaned 20 principles. Now, these 20 principles, you can apply them in relationships or in any other area of your life. They're, they're powerful stuff. So I encourage you, fasten your seatbelt, take notes if you can. If you Obviously, if you're driving in your car, you can't take notes. Please don't do that. But what I want to do is I want to give you these 20 principles, go back and listen to them again, take them to heart. I believe they will really encourage you, inspire you, and they will really help you in your marriage. So... Let's do that. Principle number one, the first principle that I actually learned from this interview was actually in episode one. And here's the first principle. A marriage starts broken and then with teamwork, the pieces are fitted together to make something beautiful. In fact, I actually said that in episode one and it has been a principle that has really been part of my life for a long time. Since I was in university and college, the dean of my university, uh, Dr. Graham Caddo, actually was, we were sitting and talking and he said this to me. I'm not sure. I cannot remember. This was years ago. I can't remember the actual setting. I just remember it was in his study and this is what he said. I don't know if we were talking about marriage or whatever, but those words were exactly what he said. He said, Aaron, when you get married, we'll always start broken. And it's how you and your wife put this stuff together that's going to make this marriage beautiful or not. You see, one of the things I've learned, and I'm still learning, is that it takes three to make a marriage work. You and Patrick mentioned in his interview, he mentioned a triangle. And he mentioned that Christy was on the one side, he was on the other, and God at the top of the triangle. One of the things he didn't mention, though, was that the closer you get to God, the interesting thing about a triangle, the closer you get to God, the closer you get to one another. You, If you go up, the bottom part actually gets closer together. And so that is one thing that I've learned in marriage is when I am not close to God, when I'm, having a, I'm battling with a relationship with God, I'm going to be battling with a relationship with my wife. It's first God, then my wife. But the other principle out of that, the other thing that I pulled out of that when Dr. Graham Caddo said this to me was that marriage ends, doesn't end broken. In fact, marriages that end broken were probably never whole in the first place. You see, marriages, because you come into a marriage with so many different backgrounds, your 
parents are different, your upbringings are different. Not only the fact that you are a male and female that is very different, even though the world wants to tell you something else. You come in very different and now you bring your baggage, you bring your past relationships for many people. And so you bring in brokenness. But as a team and with God's help, you can work and marriage does take work. And I think that's one of the things that hopefully you picked up from this interview is that marriage takes work. It's not something that just happens. It's not that happily ever after fairy tale that Disney likes to promote. And though that's great, that's not what marriage is. Marriage can be and is beautiful, but it does take some hard work. You'd have to fit the pieces together, put them together, build them together, the three of you, you, God, and your spouse. The second principle that I pulled out of this was also in episode one, which was marriages can be happily ever after, even though they include challenges and problems. You see, there are no perfect marriages. I've not found one. My marriage is not perfect. I'm sure that is for those of you who are married and are listening to this podcast, realize that your marriage isn't perfect. Marriages aren't perfect. In fact, hard times are part of life. Fires reform and mold our relationships into beautiful pieces of art. If you've ever seen a piece of pottery going to a fire, when it comes out, it's it's shining, it's molded, it's ready, it's, it's ready to be used for whatever purpose it was created. Our marriages sometimes have to go through fires. And though it's uncomfortable, though it's not fun, those fires have a purpose. And they're there to turn our marriages, take those pieces that we've put together and firm them up, mold them together, harden them, make them into what they're meant to be. In James 1, 2 through 4, you've all probably heard the scripture. It says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, I want to touch on that second part in a later principle let your endurance have its perfect result. But the first part is true. We as couples, as individuals, be it that you're married or not married, when trials come, the Bible tells us to consider it joy. Why? Why should we consider it joy? Because what it is, those trials, those tribulations, they have a role to play within our lives. That role is to make us better, to make us stronger, to bring us as a couple in a relationship closer together. A wise person will see that. An unwise person will try and run away from pain, run away from hardship, run away from dealing with the necessary issues that need to be faced when we are going to marriage and into any kind of relationship. So counter joy when those trials come in marriage. Marriage is not a happily ever after without problems or trials. Yes, it can be a happily ever after, but that includes challenges and problems. That's part of the happily ever after. And until any couple going into marriage realizes that part of that happily ever after are trials, are challenges, are sometimes those valleys we have to go to, you're going to get a surprise very early on and you're not going to be ready. 
The third principle is test your relationship before you get married. This was in episode two of this interview. Love can treat you the same as alcohol. I love that when Christy shared this. You know, I never even thought about it, but it's so true. When people fall in love, they can act punch drunk. They can act like they've just had seven vodkas and ten whiskeys. You know, in fact, a good question, and this was something that Christy asked, was would you trust an intoxicated person with important decisions? No, of course you wouldn't. Then why do we sometimes trust ourselves when we are when we are experiencing that intoxication of love? To trust us that ourselves that we're making the right decision. We have to test this relationship. Love can be worse than a drug. Understand that this person you are hopelessly in love with is your blind spot. And so don't see it as a, when somebody shares that with you or when I'm sharing this with you as a criticism about your love. I'm not saying that you're not feeling what you're feeling. I'm not saying that even your feelings aren't real. What I am saying is you need to be aware that when you fall in love, it's intoxicating and sometimes wisdom gets thrown out of the window. So I want to encourage you to remember that principle. Test your relationships before you get married. Make sure that you are not making your decision out of intoxication, rather out of wisdom. Principle number four, seek after wisdom from the Lord. Episode two, learn to gain perspective on your relationship. It's good to take a step back and get away from the person for a while with no contact. Spend time seeking the Lord and asking for his wisdom. It's so critical to take a step back. I remember this in episode two. Uh, Chris, I believe it was Christy and Patrick were saying that it's, it's a good thing to, to step back, get away from the person, break contact. Don't even talk to them on the phone. Don't even email. Get away from all social media and really seek God's wisdom for your relationship. Remember, this is not just the driver's license you're getting here. This is not just some quick little decision. So many people treat marriage as a quick decision and pay the consequences. This is a lifelong commitment. This is something where you're going choosing to spend with somebody for the rest of your life. Don't you think it's important if this is a relationship where you are going to be spending time for the rest of your life, not to be making decisions because you're mad at your parents and you want your parents to suffer or you just want to get out of the house, so you're going to marry this person or because, oh my gosh, I feel so amazing. This love is so awesome. The truth is love and feelings change. Yes, they get they can get stronger, but sometimes they're not there. There'll be many times in your marriage where you don't feel that you love the person. Feelings can deceive. I'm not saying you you won't you'll stop loving, but love is a choice, and you are choosing to spend the rest of the t- your time with this person for the rest of your life. You need to make sure that you are you have s- uh, sought after wisdom. Proverbs two, one through six says, "My son, if you will receive my word and treasure my commandments within you." Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her, 
as silver and search her for as and search for her as for hidden treasures then you will discern the fear of the lord and discover the knowledge of god for the lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding wow james 1:5 says but if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of god who gives to all generously and without reproach and it will be given to him ask for wisdom this is probably one of the most important decisions that you will make in life don't do it without wisdom don't do it without god don't do it like the previous principle intoxicated you wouldn't even trust yourself to drive home hopefully when you're intoxicated why in the world would you trust yourself to drive a marriage for 20 30 40 50 years of your life intoxicated with love find wisdom through god number 5 fifth principle seek after wisdom from others this was also episode 2 find wisdom from people who are showing success within their relationships don't just ask anyone amaze me that one of the most popular books out there on marriage is from somebody who's been divorced seven times well apparently he knows what he's doing no albert einstein said if you do the same thing over and over again you're an idiot you're insane so if you're seven times married that means you are repeating and repeating and repeating the same mistakes because remember you are taking yourself along with you don't blame the other partner you are the only common denominator now this is not about condemnation but the truth is sometimes you need to be humble enough to seek wisdom from others and not keep repeating the same mistakes find wisdom from people who are actually successful in what they are doing some of them are a little gray and a little older than you that is good don't just ask from anyone proverbs 12:15 says the way of the fool is right in his own sight but the one who listens to counsel is wise principle number 6 the enemy loves to isolate couples from the help they need this was from episode 3 The enemy loves to isolate couples from the help they need. Satan wants you to feel you are the only one with the problems you are facing. He wants to make you feel alone. He wants to make you as a couple feel that nobody else is going through the same arguments, the same fights, the same problems and issues that you are going through. Because if he can make you feel that way, you'll be too embarrassed to ask anybody else because you'll think that their marriages and their lives are perfect but yours is a disaster and you shouldn't be a disaster but you are a disaster and God how are you going to help me through this and I'm just so embarrassed. The enemy does this because he wants you to experience this thing called condemnation. In Romans 8:1 it says therefore there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Let me just say to you right here and there that as a child of God you do not have to fight condemnation. We all have fallen. We have all messed up. We have all fallen short and that's why we need a Jesus. None of us can get through life without him. 
And therefore, the enemy knows this and he wants to make you think that it's your fault, it's your issues, it's your problems, and he's going to condemn you. You know why? Because as long as you live in a world of condemnation, you will never be able to find help for your marriage. You will never be able to move into that next round, that next step, that next platform, that next area of life God is wanting to take you to within your marriage. Number seven. Don't keep quiet and pretend out of a fear of judgment. This was also episode three. If people judge you, you might need to find new people. I remember the story that Patrick and Christy were speaking about, how they'd go to church and sometimes they'd feel embarrassed to share because people were looking at them strange. Looking, you guys are supposed to be Christians, but look at your marriage. People would be condemning them. And it's sad so often that Christians are the worst people in judgment. They, because they feel judged. And I've mentioned this so many times in my podcast and different messages that I've spoken that the truth is, is that if you feel judged, you will judge. In fact, Matthew 7, 1, Jesus speaking says, do not judge lest you be judged. Don't judge anyone else because with the same judgment that you judge, you will be judged. Paul talks about it in Romans 2, verse 1 through 2. He says, therefore, you have no excuse. Every one of you who passes judgment for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. I love that part where it says, and we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. Why does it rightly? Why can't we judge rightly and God can judge rightly? Because we can't see the heart. We can't look into a person's life and truly dissect what's going on in the heart. God can. So when God judges, God judges based on a truth, not based on an opinion. And when you judge, we judge on opinions, not on truth. And But the beautiful thing, he has the wonderful thing. Jesus saying, he says, all judgment has been given to the Son. And then later on, Jesus says, but I don't judge you either. So if God doesn't judge, Jesus doesn't judge. And I know for the fact that the Holy Spirit doesn't judge because Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. He convicts the world of judgment through the world, but to the Christian, he convinces us of righteousness. So the Holy Spirit doesn't judge us. He's convicting us of righteousness, saying to us, you righteous, you in right standing, no matter what you, where your marriage is, no matter where you are at this moment, you are in right standing. I don't judge you. So if God doesn't judge, Jesus doesn't judge, the Holy Spirit doesn't judge, and in fact, Jesus is defending you in the throne against the accusations of the enemy, neither should anybody judge anyone. People shouldn't be judging because we don't judge based on truth. We judge on opinion. And if people are judging you, as I said earlier, you might need to find new people. Surround yourself with people that are not judgmental. Be transparent. Also be wise, as I said, in whom you speak to. Speak to those who do not have skin in the game or have biased opinions. When you're talking or going for help with your marriage, don't go to people that have something in the game that or have biased opinions for either one of you. Talk to those that are neutral so that you can get wisdom and godly advice. Number eight. 
in our darkest times is when God can finally be heard. Episode four, we spoke about this. You see, in our lives, we can have many distractions. Our lives are full of distractions. What trials do is it gives us focus. And as Christians, that focus usually turns us to him. So when we are going through a hard time, what happens is, is that we tend to, as Christians, start to go, you know what, God, I really need you. Now, this shouldn't be only in hard times. We know the truth that, you know, we should always be turning to God. But, you know, the hard times give us amazing focus. They turn our eyes on him. They, they push us into his arms. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Psalm 46, 10 says, be still and know that I am God. In your darkest times is when God can finally be heard. Many times, dark times is there to hush us up so we can hear what God is truly saying to us. Number nine, ninth principle that I learned from this entire podcast was this. In our darkest times of our lives, God is still at work. Also from episode four. Even when we can't see it, or even if it doesn't feel like it, God is still at work in our lives. In fact, many times when we are in the deepest, darkest times, God is saying, you know what? I am working that wheel, that potter's wheel. I am pushing you to the center of my will, and it's uncomfortable, and you're fighting, and you're squirming because you don't like it. But I'm telling you, I'm looking right at you. I haven't left you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In fact, I am pushing you to the center of my will and it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel good, but it's necessary to get you to where I want you to be because my plans are better than your plans. My ways are better than your ways and my purposes are better than your purposes. And my job is to not harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. And that's what God does in our lives. In Philippians 2, 13, it says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act on behalf of his good pleasure. Notice it doesn't say our good pleasure, his good pleasure. But that doesn't mean it doesn't bring us pleasure because the truth is, is that God's good pleasure is, if you are a son or a daughter of the king, his pleasure becomes your pleasure. So when he works his pleasure in you, it becomes your pleasure. Wow, isn't that cool? The disciples never could see in their darkest time when Jesus was going to the cross and died. They couldn't see that God was about to explode life out of a tomb. It was dark. It was dreary. It was the worst time of their lives. But there was going to come a miracle. There was going to come an amazing explosion right out of a tomb that was going to bring life. When you're in your tomb, when things are the worst, That's when God is about to act, be it in your marriage, be it in your life, be it wherever you are, when you are in those dungeons, when you are in those valleys, God is at work and he's about to explode life into your circumstance. I believe that's for somebody who's listening to this podcast today. I really do. I believe that right now as you're listening, God wants to let you know that he's about to explode life out of your valley. And you've been going, God, when is that going to happen? And God's saying, I'm about to do it. I really believe that. Number 
10. And this is the last one I'm going to do for this podcast. We're going to cover the other 10 in tomorrow's podcast, but I want to give you the first 10 principles that I learned out of Patrick and Christie's interview. 10 amazing truths that popped out of this amazing interview of these nine episodes that we covered. This one comes from episode five, and that is God always gives us a picture to cling on to, to help us move through our valleys. Genesis 15.5 says, Then he brought him outside and said, and this is Abraham, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if you can count them. Your descendants will be that many. Wow. You see, God wasn't just showing him a bunch of stars. God was showing Abraham a picture. Because God knew that Abraham was going to be going through a few more years childless. In fact, his wife was going to get old. He was going to get older. There were going to be things that were happening. And what God was doing was he was giving Abraham a picture to cling to. Later on, he gave him the sand of the seas, shore. And God said, count those because your descendants are going to be as numerous as the sand of the ocean, the the sea, shore. And... Abraham needed a picture and Patrick spoke about this in episode five where he spoke about God giving him a picture to cling to so that when times really got tough, he could have that picture. You see, that picture is called hope. In fact, Proverbs 13, 12 tells us, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. God knows that You can go through life through hard times, but one area that you can't go through life is without hope. And hope is a picture. Hope is a picture that God draws in your life for something to cling to. It's a picture that gives you hope that you can keep on going when the times don't look like things are going to get resolved. You can see that picture and say, God, you promised. This is your promise. I'm going to hold on to your promises. Even though it looks like we're going in the opposite direction in a totally different way, I'm going to hold on to those promises. I'm going to cling on to this picture because I know that you've promised and you are not a man that you should lie. Your promises are true. And as in Corinthians, it says, all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ. So, Tomorrow, we're going to go through the next 10 of this list of 20, and we're going to take a look at the final 10 principles that I learned out of this amazing interview with Patrick and Christy. So tune in tomorrow to the podcast on Vital Life Connection. If you want to get a hold of me, and I just want to say this, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me at coach at rnrudolph.com. That's C-O-A-C-H at rnrudolph.com. If you've got any questions and comments about the podcast, if you want to just ask me any questions, or if you feel you have a story that you want to share and that you would love me to interview you on this podcast because you believe your story will touch someone else, feel free to contact me. Go to my website as well, www.rnrudolph.com. I also want to say to my listeners that my book, Let It Go, that has been out now for a while, is available on Amazon. I do want to let you know that it is a phenomenal, people who've read it have really been blessed by it. And I've also just put it on Audibles as an Audible. Yes, 
Uh, it is now live as an audible book for those of you who don't enjoy reading, but you do enjoy driving or listening to books as you drive or on the treadmill. You can go to audibles.com and you can purchase my book through audibles. It's called Let It Go. Let It Go. Finding Freedom from the Past and Power for Your Future by Oren Rudolph. So thank you for listening to today's podcast. I will see you tomorrow to go through the next 10 principles on Patrick and Christie's interview. Grace to you. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orenrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Oren Rudolph.